Let's go. What's going on, my fellow friends? What's up, fellas? Bro, big, big draft for the Warriors, even though I'm seeing everything that they're saying is like biggest losers of the draft. The Warriors, even though it has nothing to do with the draft, it's because Clay. Rest in peace. What happened to Clay? Huh? What happened to Clay? Shut up, dude. <laughs> Poor Clay. I feel so, I feel so bad for him, dude. I can't imagine what that would be, be like. I know, dude. He's just playing a pickup game too, huh? Dude, I what a clown! I would never get hurt in a pickup game. I know. I get how that concern, Jonah. Doesn't that kind of concern you that you're getting injured in a pickup game? Like, I mean, I really want to know the details because it's like, how hard were you going, and is it? Are you also getting injury prone? I don't know, dude. It's just sad. Very disappointing. You know, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the whole Clay situation? Yeah. So I guess my gut reaction when I first heard it is just in sort of the context of the bigger picture. And I really think we've got to look back to the 2019 NBA finals and specifically games five and six, where Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson got injured on back-to-back nights as sort of that last page in the dynasty of the Golden State Warriors. And I no, I had been um, for a month saying that we have to be cautious as kind of like the state of nature was still unknown for this Golden State Warriors team, and we did not know if they would be contenders going into this year. I did not expect to figure out that answer in this way, and I did not expect the answer to that question to be sort of this um, this tragic but it there i don't know where the warriors go from here colin maybe you can answer that in terms of i think we're gonna be a i mean obviously taking clay uh clay being done for the season is a big hit but i don't think they should write us off yet man dude i mean we're still better than the blazers and the blazers not even close what without clay thompson you're not even close to better than the blazers are you kidding me are you kidding me? A seven game se- seven game series. You're taking the Blazers over the Warriors. Stop, bro. I think we're at the point of this this Warriors team where it's just. I think we have the question: like, do we keep fighting or do we give up? Like, do we try to win one more ring for Stephen Curry or do we look to the future? And I think as long as you have Steph on your team and as long as he's in his prime, and I do think Steph's in his prime still, I think he's going to be one of the seven best players in the NBA this year. I don't know how much longer we'll be able to say that. I think this will probably be his last year as sort of a premium superstar. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're trying to maximize this sort of last dance, so to speak, with Stephen Curry, I think the answer... I think you've got to look into trading Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. When is, though? Like after this upcoming in 2021, obviously. Yeah, Clay. Clay. Well, yeah. No, I would say you'd start looking into it immediately. Can you trade any players when they're hurt though? Yeah. Oh, you can? Yeah, Clay Thompson at this point is probably the worst contract in the NBA. I mean, he's got four more years. He's getting paid $40 million at least for each of those four years. He's in his 30s. His 
he's been out for what's going to be two seasons when he can finally play again next season, or I guess next next season, because we haven't even gotten to next season yet. But I mean, maybe you could say Russell Westbrook is a little worse, just <laughs> just like given the like just thinking that Clay's game might age a bit more gracefully. But I think Clay Thompson is an ex- like a pretty like toxic trade chip at this point, and yeah. I do think that getting off of his contract has to be something that's going to at least cross Bob Myers' mind this week. What does the addition of Kelly Oubre do for our team? Do for the Warriors, obviously. I mean, I don't want to say nothing. Because <laughs> he does add good depth. I like Kelly Oubre as a player. Yeah. But this is so ironic that I'm going to say this about the Warriors who revolutionized the modern game. But I just, do they have enough shooting? Like, I think the theory is you're going to play Draymond Green and James Wiseman together. Then you've got Andrew Wiggins. Like, that's not a lot of spacing on the floor. This is, I, I'm going to be interested to see what they do. I think Stephen Curry obviously raises the floor so high. But is this a top 10 offense this year? Is It's crazy to say that. Stephen Curry might be the point guard of an offense that's not one of the elite offenses in the NBA, but I just don't really see what the theory is for the Warriors on that end of the court. He, he, he just, he doesn't have as quite as much to work with, and he, he's so good at playing in a system. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, and just to play off that too, like I love Kelly Oubre. I think he brings a lot of important things to the table. But Kelly Oubre is not really a ball mover. He's not really a passer. He's more right. of a play finisher. Like, you might pass it to him and he'll shoot a three. He's one of the best cutters in the NBA, in my opinion. And I think you can say the same thing about Andrew Wiggins. Never really had great floor vision. Like, this is an offense that Steve Kerr built that functions so much on intelligence and ball movement. Yeah. And just seeing the play two or three steps ahead. And the Warriors just, I don't think they have a lot of players who can do that. And so I don't, I don't know what they're going to look like this year. I don't, I like Kelly Oubre as a player, but I'm not sure how much value he adds to this Warriors team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you guys are sleeping, but I don't know. You think I, I just, I'm just really excited. All people are sleeping on Kelly Oubre. No, Kelly no. Oubre's on the Warriors roster as a whole. I mean, it's you can't really argue that it's a lot different than it was in their runs. Yeah, it's a lot different for sure. But I don't want to say that like we don't have enough star power, not star power, but like not enough talent to like make a run in the playoffs. Though definitely, oh, think it's there. Yeah, you're definitely on the bubble for that seventh and eighth seed. Like I think you're right up there with the Suns, like with the Grizzlies. Um, but I just think Jonas, Jonah, <laughs> so backhanded, bro. <laughs> I think you were right on the ball for the seventh and eighth. Bro, it, it is, I still think that they're one of the best teams in the NBA, dude. Like, it is pretty blasphemous to say that they like. There's like tiers in the West. There's like LA's and Denver, and mm-hmm. like and my I, I I think it's ridiculous to say that the Warriors without Clay Thompson are better than the Blazers this year. The Blazers just have more offensive pieces, and I just think it's yeah. tough to say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. I don't really think so, but I mean, sure. One more point to hit. We have a lot of ground to cover today. Facts. I can't wait to ask you. You're, um, 
mock draft was good, but some guys like Patrick Williams went high, huh? Yeah. I and Killian yeah. went high. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of go around and we'll hit the draft later. I just had one last um Uber point to touch on. Do you guys want to guess how much it's going to cost the Warriors to bring in Kelly Oubre? An absurd amount of money. Doesn't he have like a ridiculous like tax thing? Yeah, it's going to cost them $82 million <laughs> for Kelly Oubre to Dude, play on their team. Ridiculous, bro. Yeah. But um, Only $14 million of that is Kelly Oubre's actual salary. The other 68 yeah. is luxury tax payments. And I mean, I've hit this a few times on the show before that how the luxury tax is going to be prorated this year in proportion to BRI. But even so, this is going to be one of the most insanely expensive teams. This is, they're now have a tax payment of $134 million, which is more than what most NBA teams cost. Like they're, they're what they're paying in taxes is more than like what the Hawks, for example, are going to spend on their entire roster. So, so how come, how come Kelly's taxes are like accumulated like that? Or like, why is like, what's going on there? What's up with that big sum of money? Yeah. Because they're so deep into the tax already because Curry Thompson, green Wiggins are all getting paid so much there. They were so uh, deep already, they were deep into the tax and they're deep enough that each dollar they spend counts as four or $4 and 50 cents against the luxury tax. So you take that $14 million contract and multiply it by almost like 5% or 5 or 6% just because of how much they've spent already. Who's paying that? The owner? Yeah. 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 Because it, it, there was a thing that said that like the, uh, the owner just has like a, a desire to like win now. Who's and, the owner? Um, his name is, let me look it up. And we could kind of read the tea leaves going into the season that they took out that $250 or $250 million line of credit, which kind of signaled that they were going to spend this Joe year. Lackab. Yeah, but the, the, the theory with the Warriors as a business is that once they start getting fans piling into Chase Center, like they're basically going to be printing their own money. They have the nicest yeah. in the NBA. Like people are going to pay a premium to watch this team. But is that even the case anymore? I mean, we'll see how good they are this year. But they're gonna be good this year, dude. Are, I feel like, that, dude, this is so weird to me because it's like I feel like I'm talking about the 29th going into the 2019 season for the San Francisco 49ers. We're like, San Francisco 49ers kind of sucked, and now I'm just like, I feel like, dude, they're gonna. I feel like the Warriors are gonna be good, bro. I feel like you guys are sleeping. But know. the Warriors are in a very precarious situation, not only as an NBA basketball team, but also as a business. Like they've got yeah. so much overhead costs. The salaries, the taxes are just piling up. And how much revenue are they really going to be able to draw in even ne- in the next few years when they have fans in attendance? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's just crazy how much the Clay Thompson news affects everything well i mean when you lose one of your best players obviously it's gonna affect your entire roster and how you look at the season well i know but like i feel like like if you guys uh, lost cj mccollum that'd be like whole because that's basically the equivalent i know but clay thompson is just like the off ball mover that he is like losing him is such a big deal like this is in my opinion much 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 worse than if like 
the Clippers lost Paul George to an injury or something like oh, that. Yeah. Like well, I just think yeah, the image well, is so much more. Paul George is not on Clay's level anyway. And the Warriors have such little depth that who's starting now? Is it is it Michael Mulder? Is it Jordan Poole? Are they, are like they're so expensive? Are like already? Do do either of you see them using their six point seven million dollar taxpayer MLE? Like is bringing in another free agent that's probably going to cost like fifty million dollars against the tax? How palatable is that at this point? Well, I mean, to us, it sounds like not, but like apparently Colin was saying the owner just wants to win. So yeah, he might just be willing to do whatever. I think Bob Myers isn't on the same page as the um, owner, bro. Because I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's weird. And another thing that I was frustrated with, I don't know how much Bob Myers pushed back against this. And I know he had no leverage because the Warriors obviously have to try to, well, they don't have to, but functionally they have to try to compete right now. And their second best player just got hurt. But I was almost, I was dumbfounded when I looked at that trade and they didn't send um, Kabbalah Mooney to the Thunder. Like that would have been an easy, easy way to save a, a lot of money and they didn't take advantage of it. And I'm sure the Thunder wouldn't have pushed back too hard because they're getting that first round pick. Well, that first round pick, it's not going to be a first round pick. It's going to be two seconds. Um, but yeah, I would have pushed be what? two seconds. I would have pushed harder mm. to get rid of Looney if I was the Warriors. So yeah, going back to that pick, I think it's, I think it's next year's Warriors pick top 20 protected. And there, and so if the Warriors are one of the 10 best teams, the Oklahoma city Thunder get that pick and, it seems right now very unlikely that the Warriors will be at one of the 10 best teams in the NBA. And so it'll most likely convert to two second round picks. Yeah. I'm excited to see what Steph does. Yeah. Maybe just because I feel like I, like we haven't seen him in a full season since reaching that superstar potential without so many pieces around him. Yeah. That's facts. So like, we're like, I feel like he's uh, like the best system player ever and that's what makes him so good. But Maybe maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe he can carry in ways that I didn't really realize. I don't know. Yeah, and that's probably the overwhelming feeling I think for all of us is that as much as maybe me and Shannon didn't care for the Warriors when they were at the height of their powers and knocking out the Blazers every year, I think the overwhelming feeling is just like sadness. I think everybody no, for real, bro. Forward to seeing this team again, and now we won't be able to. No, yeah, I actually like several times like. Like, I'm like, damn, like, I miss watching the Warriors, dude. Yeah. Like, I want to see some Warriors highlights, and, like, it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's just really tough, too, because Clay's not getting any younger. Yeah, for real. Played, and this is yeah. only two straight years that he hasn't played, basically. Yeah, I can't imagine what that would feel like, dude, because you're starting the process over after a whole year of, like, I want to On a completely play, separate leg, too. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So yeah, dude, freaking brutal. But do you want to go into some of the surprises of the draft for you, Jonah? Sure. We could kind of go around on this. I don't have a lot of super strong feelings right now about the draft. My what few over um over like overall big picture takes out. I was kind of surprised about high how highly teams valued centers this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw with the Warriors drafting Wiseman, I think it makes but 
from sort of the fit standpoint, I don't know if they knew how serious um, Clay's injury was at that point. Um, or, and I don't know if, if they had known, they probably would have still drafted Wiseman. Yeah, do you think that that would have changed it at all? Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think don't think so. Wise, yeah. I think they had Wiseman at the top of their board. I may disagree with that, but I think they kind of stuck to their overall. But roster. if you think about it, we really, I mean, we've literally said this all the time. Like, they haven't had a really dominant, versatile big man ever in a while. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah. in, if James Wiseman could have the potential to be that. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to pass up on that, especially. Yeah, but, in, yeah I and I agree with you for this iteration of the Warriors team that that is a hard player to pass up on. I just, I think the Warriors title window is closed at this point, barring a big Andrew Wiggins or Clay Thompson trade to bring in another superstar next to Steph. I think without any blockbuster trades, the title window's um, very, very small. And so I would have drafted LaMelo just because I think he has the highest upside kind of looking towards the future. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But you guys are already, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how much it changes since Clay's hurt. Cause literally, I don't know, dude, that sucks so bad. Literally yeah. dep- I was so depressed because like Connor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, their fight got like became official today. And like people were texting me about, it. I'm like, I'm still just like, kind of not feeling that hot because of clay because i was i'm looking forward to this nba season a ton i still am because i think andrew wiggins could potentially do something bro i don't know because <laughs> yeah. but you don't like him as a scorer though and because he takes yeah. sometimes ill-advised shots at times i think we've seen the story of andrew wiggins as a primary offensive creator <laughs> he's kind of like the opposite shooting guard of clay yeah. In my opinion, yeah, like <laughs> just polar if, opposite. Yeah, I think if the Warriors are going to win, it's going to be in a completely different way than they did their previous titles. Like, I don't think they're the way they played before will work with the players they have now. What do you mean? Well, like, well, they obviously, yeah. Well, like you said, like they weren't sitting around like a big before, and they could potentially try to use Wiseman depending on how he develops. That's that's kind of exciting though. Yeah, the, yeah. Just it just depends on how quickly he's able to adapt to the NBA, and then also like, 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 like I just said, like playing with a um, a shooting guard who is just completely opposite of Clay. Like he's not going to rotate off the ball and be in the pocket for a three whenever you need him. Or mm-hmm. I be, think the like, Warriors, yeah. I think they're in for an exciting season where they're going to compete, but I don't know if they're going to be on the winning end of too many games. Unless Steph, hey, dude, it all right. It, we ride or die with Steph Curry. If Steph, he better get, not get injured, dude. No, if he gets injured, it's absolutely our season's obliterated. Obviously, because that's what happened last year too. Yeah, I don't want that to happen again. No, but, yeah, I, I want to see Steph Curry because he has how many years do you think he has left? Like solid. Oh, solid years. I think he's. I think he can be solid for like five or six or seven or eight more. Oh years. damn! Okay, he can be solid for a long time. I think this. Yeah. Is, the last probably the last year's Steph like MVP first team all NBA caliber mm-hmm. player. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't um, he'll be really he'll be a really solid player for a while because he doesn't rely on like athleticism or anything like that. Like he never has. Yeah. And we saw it last season in the first four or five games of the year. Like even the Warriors with Steph and Draymond and No Clay just were getting throttled by teams in the first few games of the twenty nineteen 
20 NBA season. And obviously that's small sample size theater, but um, it's just, that kind of makes me nervous too. I don't know how much Draymond's got left in the tank either. Dude. Yeah. How I, old is I, he? Hmm? Draymond, oh. is he 31, 30? Yeah. 32, 32, I think. Yeah. 32. Cause he's not going to age like Steph. Mm, I think yeah. dude, to be perfectly honest, Draymond's best playing days prob oh he's only 30. Yeah, he's only 30. Oh wow. March well, 4th, March 4th, 1990 baby. March birthdays, the best. But yeah, I, I what do you think okay, w- could we trade Draymond? No. No, you couldn't. I is don't it, think is it just because you don't think any other teams will really want him? Yeah, and he's worth more to the Warriors than any other team. That's I what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. I actually think he provides some value for the Warriors just cuz he's has so much equity within the organization and is yeah. such like a great leader. And he and it, I wouldn't want to part ways with him. Yet to be seen, but I actually do think if they do make it to the playoffs, I think he could turn it up. You would hope for a few games, sort of like Andre Iguodala style, being that like mm-hmm. sixteen game player who kind of posts through the regular season. But his contract is just so oversized, and I don't really think there are any other NBA teams that would value him in the same way the Warriors did, which just goes back to my initial point is I don't, I think in, in theory they could trade him, but I just don't think they'd be getting the value back that would um, persuade them to like go Mm -hmm. of Draymond. Yeah. Can we talk about Isaiah Stewart for a second? Yeah. (laughs) What do you guys think of that? Cause like I I only remember watching one Oregon game and he was playing and he's a free, I, what I saw, he's a freaking stud. Yeah, well, um, so this was actually acquired um, in that Blazers pick. That was oh, initial. didn't he get traded or something? Yeah, so the Blazers pick was a part of the Robert Covington deal mm-hmm. that sent Covington to Portland and Ariza mm-hmm. to Houston, and then Ariza and then um, Houston in one of the funniest NBA transactions I think I've ever seen. They sent um, they sent Trevor Ariza to Detroit along with $5 million to pay off the rest of Ariza's salary. Um, and they sent that 16 overall pick too. In return, they got a top 20 protected Lakers pick from 2021, a second round draft pick. And the Rockets owner then proceeded to post on Twitter. And just as a little subcontext, I don't know if um, how many, how much you guys know about Tillman Fertitta, but he's been a notoriously cheap owner. Never What's his name? Tillman Fertitta. He never spins into the tax. He never like spends more money than he has to, to build a good team. And so he made a big deal about, Oh, the, the Rockets have just spent $5 million to acquire a second round pick. Like we, we really do spend, we we really, we really do value the success of this franchise. And then it came out later that that money was just so the Pistons could pay off Trevor Ariza's contract. And so, just a little bit of <laughs> just a little bit of a funny spin cycle there for Tillman for Titt and the Rockets. But yeah, the Pistons then used that 16th overall pick to acquire Isaiah Stewart, which I thought was a bit of a reach. In my mock draft, I had Stewart going 30. I think most people had him going somewhere between like 24 and 30. So this was definitely a bit high for Isaiah Stewart, but he has been rising off up draft boards recently. Mm-hmm. He's um, not the biggest center, but he's super hard worker, super big wingspan. So he can definitely guard his position just based off of his standing reach. 
he's been expanding his range a little bit with the shot. So I think people um, believe he might keep improving and maybe one day turn into a stretch five. So yeah, I think, I think them drafting him there was just kind of betting on his character and betting on his willingness to improve, which from what I've heard about Isaiah Stewart, that seems like a pretty good bet. Yeah. Um, dude, that game, did you, did you watch that UW game when Peyton Pritchard just kind of went off? Yeah, that yeah, was, I, that's the game I remember it from. Cause the, they had to come back and Peyton Pritchard was the only form of offense. Yeah. And this is he, my house. Huh? Yeah. Yo, yeah. This is my city or something. He said yeah. that that's crazy. Okay. What did you think about him going to the Celtics over your boy, Tyrell Terry? <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is actually a good pick for the Celtics. We yeah. saw them, we saw them earlier today renounce or fail to offer the qualifying offer to um to oh why am I forgetting his name? Uh the backup prime guard, Brad Wanamaker. That's okay. I'm talking on. But yeah, they didn't extend the qualifying offer to Brad Wanamaker. So I think that's gonna be a void they need to fill. Neither Carson Edwards or Tremont Water looked that NBA ready last year so i think in theory Peyton pritchard could be a guy who contributes right away i mean he was a like a senior in, in college i think he's 22 years old so he's pretty mature for a rookie mm-hmm. and he's already got like such a refined game such a smart player i don't think he's really going to be overwhelmed by nba defense he might not have the highest upside just because his size sort of lack of athleticism can't really finish at the basket doesn't like doesn't read the game at a super high level, which is just so important for NBA point guards. But I think in terms of guys who can just survive on an NBA court right away, I think Peyton Pritchard is a pretty good bet there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I like him a lot, but it's just going to be interesting to see how he, uh, how he does when he drives in on the, tr- in the forest with all the trees there. Cause mm-hmm. it, I mean, obviously he's used to it because yeah. like college players are not small, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, isn't there memes of like Carson Edwards when he is uh, next to like ta- Taco Fall? Oh yeah, I bet or something. Carson Edwards is a bucket though. He's nice. I I liked him. I what school did he go to, Jonah? Purdue. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Facts. Okay, and then Tyrell Terry dropped to the second round. Yeah, which was a stunner for me. I thought the Celtics absolutely killed it this year in the NBA draft. They got my two favorite prospects. Not the top two people on my big board, but like the two like best value guys. Like they got the most bang for their buck. I thought mm-hmm. Josh Green, I had him eighth on my big board. They were able to get him at 18. So tremendous value there. I had Tyrell Terry second on my big board. I thought he was the second best player in this draft behind Lamelo, and they got him in the second round. So I actually thought that was incredible. And I love to hear it, the reporting from Tim McMahon um, on ESPN that Tyrell Terry is going to be a contributor right away, sort of slotting into that, <laughs> slotting into that void that Seth Curry left on the Mavs. And so I cannot wait to see. Um, I think he's going to be more than capable of carrying that weight as sort of an off-ball guy. Um, yeah, just I think a super great landing spot for Tyrell, even though I was a little bummed out that he didn't get that first-round contract. Mm-hmm. What do we think about the Seth Curry trade? What so no. what exactly happened? Seth for Josh Richardson. Yeah, Is that it. Just straight up. I think. Or the no, Maver- there was picks too, huh? Yeah, the Mavericks might have given up a second round pick. I'm not sure what second round pick, but I think the Mavericks sent something. Yeah. 
Okay. But, yeah, I actually liked this for both teams. I really? think, yeah, I think this was kind of a win-win trade. I'm a, I, I'm a big Seth Curry guy. I, I Me too. What he brings to the table. The 76ers are getting themselves into the mix. Like, I did not think I would say this before the offseason, but I think Philadelphia is going to be a better team than they were two years ago when they were just a couple of bounces away from making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I agree, dude. I think Seth, I think, um, I think Philadelphia won this trade just in terms of like fit. I think Seth Curry's perfect for Philadelphia for them trying to stab at winning. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And Danny Green, that was big for them too. Yeah, and I, yeah. I loved that trade for them. I actually hated it for the Thunder, but I really liked it for Philadelphia. On the other end of that trade, Josh Richardson to the Mavericks. The Mavericks had one of the worst defenses in the NBA. That's true. Yeah. Even though they had one of the best offenses in history. So, so I they think, can afford that. Yeah, I think this is just subbing out a little offense for defense. And this is a really oversimplified way of putting it that I um, read in the Dallas paper. I forget what it's called, like the Dallas Morning Star or whatever. But um, whatever it is. You um, would read that. <laughs> yeah, the writer said that Josh Richardson's offense is better than Seth Curry's defense. And I'm not sure I would have agreed with that if we're speaking strictly on last year, but I think I agree with that as a principle moving forward. I think Josh Richardson just had a really shaky year, was kind of out of place on that Philadelphia team. And I think he'll definitely bounce back and everybody's going to play better when they're on the same team as Luka Doncic because Luka's just a savant passer. And so I definitely think this was a win-win trade for both teams. Yeah, if Josh Richardson can be Miami Josh Richardson, that could be yeah. serious. Absolutely. Yeah, great point. He was yeah, he needs to get back to that place. Um, I think we touched on it. I I t- just briefly touched on it, but we could give our little synopsis about the uh Al Horford trade that saw Al Horford or Al Horford and a heavily protected 2025 Philadelphia pick go to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Danny Green, who'd been acquired from the Lakers, and Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, I think there was like a funny treat that a uh, tweet, not treat, a tweet that was mm. like Ke- the <laughs> Kelly Oubre and Danny Green are like OKC legends or something. <laughs> and they haven't they didn't even like what do you like do you think that they were in talks for like you probably are gonna get dealt again? Or is that just a complete like shock? You know what yeah. I mean? No, what OKC is doing right now is just trying to get assets and flip them for more assets. Okay, so like, like they're like they Kelly and Danny were like aware probably that something else is probably going to happen. Yeah, and okay. so and so was Ricky Rubio who also got dealt from the Thunder on draft night. Got it. But yeah, this Oklahoma City team is just kind of having a fire sale. Everything must go. All the yeah. vets are kind of being shipped off to teams. That are trying to contend in the and the Thunder are just stockpiling um, draft yep. capital. Like it's going out. It's got players. It's crazy. But yep. kind of what where I was going to go with this, I was going to start out with it on the Oklahoma City side in terms of the Al Horford deal. I actually don't like it so much for him. I think Al Horford's one of the worst contracts. I think it kind of gets overblown sometimes. I think. Al Horford's not as bad as he seemed last year in Philly. And so I think people have kind of been a little quick to write him off, but he's still on a 
bit of a um, bad contract. And I think the Thunder took that on too easily. The, that was far from a premium draft asset. I think it was maybe top 12 in 2025, and it turns to top 10 protected in 26 and 27 and then conveys to a couple second rounders in 27 should it not meet the criteria. So it wasn't really a great pick and they had to take on a pretty bad contract and they had 17 first round picks before this. And I think they, I think they've hit the point of diminishing returns where I really don't think adding yet another first round pick provides that much marginal value for them. I mean, they're going to be some pretty severe roster crunch issues in the future, unless they're willing to make major trades for superstars, which Right now, I don't really know um, why that would make sense. We're going to see how many of these picks they can hit on in the future and what yeah. sort of team they're building. But I just would be curious to know, like, what's their game plan? What's the end game at this point? Yeah, for sure. Um, do you think they? Do you think they're going to try to, or can they try to move Horford again, or is he going to be there? Well, and this kind of gets to what I was talking about earlier, I think they're just in the mode of like doing whatever they can to get more draft equity. And I think if they wanted to move on from Horford, they'd probably give up draft picks. So I think right now they'll probably hang on to Horford for the time being, maybe this year he can sort of rehab his value in Oklahoma city and get some contending teams thinking that he might be worth the money again. And then at that point, maybe this trade deadline or next offseason, they'll be able to sell him off. But I definitely think he'll start the year in an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey. Yeah. Facts, dude. What did you think about Nico? I think that's a great pick for the Warriors. I was excited because he was like the only guy I recognized on the draft board. <laughs> and then little Adam, Adam or whoever came out there, he was like, Nico Mannion. Yeah. I was I like, let's he go. A, <laughs> he had a really disappointing mm-hmm. um, freshman season at Arizona. But I remember back at the Hoop Summit in 2019, he was really impressive. He was one of the, probably behind James Wiseman, he was the guy who kind of stuck out to me the most. And obviously the Hoop Summit is a um, scrimmage between like the best incoming college players in America. Why isn't Chan in there? I was just going to say, why was I not invited? (laughs) Oh, oh, because of COVID. Okay. Yeah. If Nico was one of the, uh, if Nico was one of the best players on that court, like, I really do feel like he can get up to at least like some level of NBA player again, because he's a smart passer and he can shoot. And I think the Warriors have a great developmental team. So hopefully they'll be able to get him back on track. Good pick for the Warriors. In my opinion, is he a stash in draft or you think he will be on the roster or draft and stash? He'll be on the roster. Unlike Justinian Jessup, who actually is going to be a draft and stash (laughs) down under. <laughs> yeah, dude. He, I actually like, I like Justinian. He's kind of a dead eye sniper, bro. Yeah. He's a big boy. He kind of shoots like Clay if you watch a video on him. Yeah. So I do want to get to our free agency predictions um, at a certain point, but I just had a few more news stories I want to hit on if you guys, Robert to, Covington. If you guys, if you guys just want to do a speed round. So I really wanted to talk to you guys about the um Bogdan Bogdanovich fiasco. I'm so confused with this. That's going hey, well. What happened? So as you might have remembered a couple nights ago, we got to do a live reaction to the news that the Milwaukee Bucks were trading for 
uh, Sacramento Kings shooting guard Bogdan Bogdanovich. But the unfortunate thing was that Bogdan Bogdanovich was still a free agent. And due to tampering rules, you cannot negotiate with free agents before 3 p.m. tomorrow. And when the NBA found out that this was happening, they did not take too kindly for it. And they kind of nipped this trade um, in the bud. There was thought thought going into today that the NBA might have just been putting a hold on it for the time being and come 3 p.m. tomorrow, they would let the trade go through. But those rumors were kind of put to rest today by two pieces of news. The first one was that the Bucks waived Ursan Ilyasova, who was going to be a key piece in making the salary match in that sign-in trade. And the second was that the NBA is going to launch an investigation on oh. the Milwaukee Bucks. But- and so it looks like they're going to be facing some pretty real consequences in the coming months. And so it's just too bad. It's one of those things where everybody does it. Like everybody negotiates with free agents before free agency starts, even like sometimes weeks in this case, I bet people were negotiating like before the NBA bubble, like in April and May, I would imagine. And this was one of those times where an agent was stupid enough to kind of let that news leak. And that's when, people get in trouble dude because i was watching a thing he like bogdan wants to be a buck right like he want he wants to go there but there was like yeah i would assume yeah like yeah no like they were yeah i don't know it was something weird yeah that sucks dude that's looking funny though yeah the person i feel the worst for is um ursan eliasova who instead of getting traded to sacramento and making seven million dollars this year gets waived yeah that sucks it doesn't go through yeah same with robin lopez who presumably declined his five million dollar player option to help the bucks make this trade work and now it's all for naught or he declined it because he didn't want to get traded to sacramento either way i bet he could change that i bet he would change that if he had the chance damn yeah i don't know the next trade i wanted to talk about was that clippers nets pistons wait 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 wait. so is is bogdanovich not gonna be able to go to freaking the bucks now doesn't look like it so where is he gonna go that's what we're gonna talk about are they gonna extend him or or another team i don't know i warriors no the warriors can't but yes i I know yeah i have a i have a hard time i would help them though i have a hard time seeing him go back to milwaukee so i bet the welcome back party for Bogdan would be a little bit awkward after they tried to shift him to Milwaukee, but I don't know. We'll see. I wanted to get your guys' opinions on the uh, Clippers Nets Pistons deal that went down on draft day, though, with um, the Clippers sending Landry Shamit to the Nets for the 19th overall pick and then proceeding to send that pick to Detroit along with Rodney Magruder, and they brought back um, Luke Kennard in that deal. Oh, I like oh. Shamit. He's good. I don't, dude. He's low key good, but something bugs me about him. He is low key good, though. Like just his looks. <laughs> I don't know, dude. For some reason, he just bugs me. But <laughs> he's low key good. Yeah, Nets. You bug him. Um, I guess that makes sense. Sure. I don't. I don't really care that much about that trade. But yeah, Shamit's good. I thought this was a great piece of business for all three teams involved. The Clippers, I like it because. Basically, what they did was they turned 
Landry Shamit into Luke Kennard. And sure, Luke Kennard's contract is not as good as Shamit's, but I think Luke Kennard is going to be a better regular season contributor than Shamit was. And I say that because I think Luke Kennard is just as good, if not a better shooter than Shamit. And he can also do some stuff off the dribble, which was, I think, something the Clippers maybe missed a little bit. Like, obviously, they brought in Reggie Jackson because they didn't have enough creation during the regular season. And so I think Kennard can kind of fill that role. I do worry about Luke in the playoffs, though. I don't think he's going to be able to hold up as well defensively as Shamit. I think Shamit left a bad taste in people's mouth. But between getting COVID and the ankle sprain, I just don't really feel like we were seeing the best of Landry Shamit. Maybe they were a little quick. Uh, he, had, he had COVID, huh? Come on, buddy. Yeah. But but Canard's a guy I really believe in. If he Casual. So I think good piece of business there. From the Nets' perspective, they traded the 19th overall pick, who was probably going to be a rookie, who would be a fringe contributor at best, to a guy who's probably going to be a key piece of their championship contending rotation. So just really a great move for them. He's under team control, or he's under contract for the next two years, under team control for a while after that because he's still on his rookie scale. From the Pistons' perspective, I I think a lot of the Pistons fans have probably got to be disappointed because Kennard was a promising young guy or a promising young prospect who was like coming up in their rotation. And I bet he had a lot of fans in Detroit, but it never really seemed like he dwelt or gelled with Dwayne Casey. It seems like even guys like Langston Galloway were playing over him. It never really seemed like he was able to find his way in Detroit. He was coming up on a contract extension negotiation this year and it just seemed like there was a lot of dissonance between um, Detroit's perception of Luke and Luke's perception of Luke. So it just kind of seemed like it was running towards a dead end with the Pistons. And so instead of that, they were kind of able to reset the clock and draft a new rookie who mm-hmm. ultimately turned out to be Sadiq Bay, as who they took with the 19th overall pick. So I think from an asset play management standpoint, it probably is a bit of a downgrade from canard to bay but i think the situation made it appropriate facts can you tell me a little about cj ellaby well i don't really know too much about him other than the hour and a half i watched of his film this morning i'm far from a cj ellaby expert but it seems like the he's in the pack 12 though yeah he did attend washington 12 was represented quite well yeah they were and CJ Ellaby, I think, is a guy who I struggle to see how he's going to contribute at an NBA level. But Neil Olshay has just built up so much trust with me in terms of his second round picks. Like you look back, Gary Trent Jr., Jay Clayman, Pat Connaughton. Like Olshay knows how to get value and find those diamonds in the rough. So hopefully <laughs> Ellaby can be the next one. I was a little bit, I was a little bit underwhelmed by him when I went back was- and at Wazoo. So this wasn't the guy that you thought that they were going to pick for their thought, second round? Yeah, I thought they were going to take Jay Scrub, who I think went to Brooklyn at 50. Okay. I forgot about Gary Trent Jr., dude. I can't wait to see what he does <laughs> this year. I hope he keeps up a solid level of play this year, dude. I can't I can't wait to watch him again. Dude, yeah. we're only like a month out, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. And so speaking of another player I really like, <laughs> the Pistons Hawks trade today. 
where the Pistons sent Tony Snell to Atlanta. Oh, that guy's still in the league. Yep, for um, <laughs> for Dwayne Dedman, and I think some sort of draft asset. I'm not quite sure. What Wait, it was. Tony Snell went where? To Atlanta. Um, and if, for anybody who listens to this podcast probably knows, Tony Snell is definitely a guy I like. <laughs> a guy I think goes a little bit underrated. And I think you'll actually be able to help on this Hawks team. I've talked about this quite a bit. The Hawks are just a team, the worst three-point shooting team in the league last year if it wasn't for Trey Young. Oh, does he and shoot it now? Tony Snell. Yeah, dude, I oh, haven't yeah, seen him a, in a long time. Yeah, he's a laser three-point shooter. He was a actually? Like, a, like a laser beam? Yeah, like he shot 40% from deep on high ball. What? He can, he's got a little bit of movement to his game and a, an above-average defender. We'll yeah, see. I remember him being a defender. Yeah, we'll see how DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter progress this year. But Tony Snell will definitely be able to fill a rotation spot for the Hawks. No one's more of a laser shooter than Alec Burks, bro. He <laughs> shoots that ball straight on line with the basket, and sometimes it goes in. <laughs> it's so weird. It just like... And sometimes uh, it goes in, sometimes it goes out. This is off topic, but where's Alan Crabb right now? Well, he was in Minnesota, but they waived him, so he's a free agent. He you got laser should get him. <laughs> I think he got traded as part of the deal that sent Jeff T to Minnesota. Oh, okay. So, like, Jonah, what, what, or Jeff Teague to Atlanta? I'm sorry. Yeah. Alan what happened yeah, yeah, to yeah. poor Alan Crab? Because at one point he was on top of the world. Yeah, and then he got paid eighteen million dollars to to freaking disappear in the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, because like I feel like it. I haven't heard his name since that contract was made. Didn't he Loki have like a solid year in Brooklyn the year after or whenever he went to Brooklyn? Like he was Loki solid or I think so. I think you're right. And then he might have gotten an injury, I want to say. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was I he was definitely shooting the ball well. I remember Dude, that. regular season Portland, he was a bucket. Yeah. He was yeah. nice. His NBA career it seems like it might be over, though. I don't I don't know if he'll get yeah. something. He might be one of those guys who goes to Europe and kind of has to cut his teeth for a few more years and then comes into the NBA for one last shot. But we'll yeah. we'll see what becomes of Alan Crabb. Yeah, we don't really got a spot for him. You feel me? So just a couple more trades. Just one more trade I wanted to go over, actually, was the one that sent Ricky Rubio back to the Minnesota. Back to Minnesota, baby. Back to the yeah. basics. Take it back to the place where you know it all began. <laughs> and James Johnson <laughs> to the uh, Thunder. I imagine there's probably some sort of oh, James compensation Johnson. going from Minnesota to Oklahoma City. But the f- first thing I felt when I heard this trade was two things, actually. I like the fit of Rubio in Minnesota. I think he's going to be able to help him with a, a few specific weaknesses they have. I think he'd look good in a Minnesota jersey. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we've seen it before. But we've heard time and time again in the draft cycle that the Wolves were kind of hesitant to pull the trigger on the mellow ball because they were worried about the positional overlap with D'Angelo Russell. And so they pass on Lamella Ball, who I thought was the best player and then take class. And then they trade for a point guard. And I just didn't kind of I didn't understand what was 
going on there. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. If Ricky Rubio can play with D'Angelo Russell, so can LaMelo Ball. Yeah, for sure. And I think Ricky Rubio solves a lot of the problems they had on terms of like perimeter defense. I mean, obviously guys like Culver and Josh Okoji um, were, are really solid, good defenders, but those guys just have no place on the floor in an NBA game because of their offense. And Rubio <laughs> is a guy who will be able to hold up on both ends, which is something yeah. the Timberwolves didn't have a lot of. There's a bit of a roster crunch going on though. If you look at it, like, and it's a bit of a crowded backcourt. You've got D'Angelo yeah. You've got Ricky Rubio. Jordan McLaughlin's a guy I love, restricted free agent. And then at shooting guard, you've got um, – now you've got Anthony Edwards. You've got Josh Okoji, Jer Culver. They presumably still want to develop. Damn. And they just offered the – or they just extended the qualifying offer today to Malik Beasley. Who knows how his free agency is going to turn out amidst all the legal – issues and stuff but um just a bit of a log jam right now i'm interested to see how that plays out i think rubio and i think rubio and russell can play together but oh, I, I agree good. i i 100 anthony agree. edwards dude dude i saw some of the days that he doesn't like basketball what yeah dude, didn't he say like football like if he got drafted in football or something you'd do it yeah or if his rap career took off he said that to ESPN. oh dude i saw that he was looking so there's solid, definitely bro. commitment issues yeah, I'm not Edwards' biggest fan at all. I um, liked what, dude. I was watching his game against Michigan State, dude. He single handedly brought that team back. Yeah, that was he was awesome during the Maui Invitational. Dang, that kind of sucks. A guy who's like has potential and just doesn't really care. Yeah, dude. I want to see Lavar and Michael Jordan go one v one. It's not gonna happen dude. during like a I'm, halftime show. <laughs> there's no way Michael Jordan does that. Was it has that actually been talks or something? Yeah, Lavar said he could beat him one on one a while ago. Wow. Oh, yeah, ago. okay. But I'm seeing people posting, oh, the one on one's gonna be insane. They should just play like a game of horse or something. Yeah. There was like a there was like a thing, like Lavar's load hits different because of Lamella, Alonzo. I don't I mean Leon, what's, <laughs> oh, what, what's Leangelo doing? Oh, that's funny, dude. He was on the Thunder's G League team last year. Okay, yeah, it's different. I was talking about that log jam. The uh, the <laughs> or the the Timberwolves were starting to have in their backcourt. But on the topic of Lonzo, what are what in the world are the Pelicans doing at point guard? Like you've got Lonzo Ball, you've got Eric Bledsoe, you've got George Hill, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Frank Jackson. They just drafted Kyra Lewis. Like, is Frank the one for? No, never mind. They've yeah. got a, um, they've got a lot of point guards right now. So, uh, I just talking that. about teams with a lot of players, I didn't realize how many forwards the Knicks have, bro. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely another one. Um, I think this. I think the whoever you were just talking about the Pelicans. I think they need to try to get Bledsoe up out of there. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure they will. I mean, yeah. there's got to be some contending team that needs perimeter point of attack defense. And for all the weakness... Yeah, it, it wouldn't... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I was just saying it wouldn't make any sense to give up Drew Holiday to get Eric Bledsoe and try to play him. Yeah, like, and Eric, for all Eric Bledsoe is like a downgraded version of Drew Holiday. Yeah, and I mean, obviously they did it because of the picks, but like right. all the specific shortcomings Eric Bledsoe has. He also has some definite strength that can um, be significant value adds to different teams. Yeah. 
So I guess on that note, should we make some predictions for some of the free agents? I sent you guys the list. It's about 15 guys. And for each of them, I think we can just go through and say what team we think will sign them and for how much money. And obviously this is a very tough exercise. I think you're, I think yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit on the sidelines for this. One. Oh no, come on. You got to participate, dude. I don't know how much money me either. Pay him. Me just, either. Say, just say a team or just say what okay. your thoughts are. On Number that. one, Fred Van Vliet, New York Knicks. Whew. That would be nice. For um, 20, $3 million. That's a, that's a good number. If, if he signs with the Knicks, it'll be, it'll be for that much. I had him going back to the Raptors, just reading the tea leaves. I think it's headed in that direction. We saw the Pistons, who've been linked to Van Vliet, draft a point guard, Killian Hayes, seventh overall. We saw the Suns trade for Chris Paul. I just feel like um, kind of reading between the lines around the league, it seems like people think Van Vliet might be headed back to the Raptors. I had him going to Toronto for the full five years at $110 million. I had the contract dipping in the second year. So basically there can be 8% raises going in either direction. I had the raise going down in the second year to make room for a potential Giannis Antetokounmpo or some other free agent signing in the summer of 21. And then Kawhi, a- Leonard. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard, possibly. Well, I don't know. I don't know if either party's going to try that again, but yeah, <laughs> that's like some superstar signing. And then this, yeah, so the dip in the second year, presumably the contract goes back up after that. So five years, one ten for Van Vliet to go back to the Raptors. Was Montrez Harrell's name a typo? Like why is there an L? That's a great question. Just add it in there for fun. Yeah, for fun. No, I, no, that's how you spell it. All right. Yeah. 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 That's how you spell it. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I know that. But okay. Okay. I thought you were saying, okay. Okay. No, I'm not calling Jonah out. I'm saying that you. like in general, like a typo on the certificate. Yeah. I feel yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a while to catch on to that. I used to misspell his name quite often. Yeah. Dude, didn't I thought, did Christian Wood get picked up? I thought, or is it no. something? No? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Goran Dragic, back to Miami. Yep. That's what I had. I had him going back to Miami two years, 30 million, uh, $15 million a year. I had the second year non guaranteed. So basically, if the Heat think they're in contention for one of the premier free agents in the summer of 2021, they can um, just opt to increase Drogic's year one salary instead of keeping him around for year two. I do think that the Clippers will be very interested in Goran Dragic and maybe some other teams too. I can see him a Clipper. um, But I just think at the end of the day, the Heat can give him so much more on just a per year basis for this upcoming season than any other team can. And I ultimately think that'll win out. I think Dragic goes back to Miami. Yeah. Uh, KCP staying in LA. I had him staying in LA too. Once they traded Danny Green, yeah. it got to the point where it really would be um, just um, awful for them to lose yeah. previous Caldwell Pope. I talked so, about, oh, go ahead. Yeah, they just have no way of replacing what he brings to the table. I had him going back on one year, $18 million. I think his agent will 
for sure make reference to Danny Green's contract and say, we outplayed Danny in the playoffs. We want more than him. And I think the Lakers have no leverage to say no to that. So one yeah. year, million, I could potentially see the Hawks getting involved on him as well. Jonah? Uh, I'm saying – go ahead. What's – um? What is uh, Ubre's contract look like for the Warriors? Is it a one year? Yep, one year left at fourteen million dollars. But they have to pay uh, like eighty million just to have him on the team. Yeah, because of the luxury tax. Oh my god, luxury tax! Every time you say that, I think of that verse on um, that song from oh, that album. Yeah, the one the you showed me. That one. Yeah. I love that song, dude. That verse is so fire. Yeah, that yeah that specific verse. That's the best. Yeah. One. Uh, okay, next guy. Yeah, I got I got him going to Atlanta. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yes, same. I had him going actually. To hey! Yeah, this was the hardest one for me to predict, just because the whole Bogdanovich situation is so weird right now. But I feel like it's kind of a game of musical chairs. Like at a certain point, all the guys are going to get snatched up, and one team's going to be left with cap space. I just think the Hawks have so much money that they will end up taking a flyer on someone like Bogdanovich. I had it at three years, $45 million. But again, this was one where I have no confidence in it. This was kind of throwing it at the wall. I think he would make a lot of sense for them, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and they have money to burn. So why not give them a shot? Um, didn't uh, you think that um, Gordon was maybe going to go to the Hawks, too? Didn't we talk about that in a prior episode? Yeah, we talked about that. I talked about it in the context of a draft night trade as sort of a sign-in trade. And the Hawks are still rumored for Gordon Hayward. But, I mean, I, as we all know, Hayward opted out of his player option for this year. He's going to become a free agent. And so he's really kind of can go wherever he wants at this point. But, yeah, Gordon Hayward was next on the list. So I got a little weird with this one. I had a sign. Thank you a little bit. I, I, <laughs> a little bit. I had a sign in trade to the Indiana Pacers. Okay, yeah. He would going, help, back, huh? going back to um, Boston is Miles Turner and Doug McDermott. And I just think Hayward makes so much sense in Indiana. He went to college there. I think I think he'd be more comfortable playing with the Pacers. Yeah. They, they could use a guy like Hayward. Like they have Warren, but that's <laughs> about where they're like depth in terms of scoring on the wing ends. And so Hayward would definitely get a lot more opportunities to play on the ball. Yeah. I think we've seen yeah, you have to take the backseat in Boston. And I think he's done doing that. Mm-hmm. I, and I think we've seen, he thrives in a smaller market. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think the Knicks are going to be in play here. Speaking of small, smaller market. I think the Knicks could be in play here. I think, the, <laughs> I think the Hawks are still in play as well. The Pacers, this was a bit of a out on a limb on my part. This is total speculation, but, or I mean, to Indiana. Yeah, to the yeah, Pacers. yeah, yeah. Total speculation on my part, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, what about Joe Harris? Adam, going back to the Nets, this is a Me similar too. situation as with KCP. The Nets just have no way of replacing him if they let him go. And the Nets are a fairly cash-rich team, even though the team is getting pretty expensive this year. I had Harris signing for three years and $50 million, but I think the Knicks could apply some pressure here. Have, have the Harden talks advanced anymore? Uh, yeah, it's there was the report earlier today that the Rockets are now 
have made the conclusion and kind of gone to the point where they realize that their time with Harden's coming to an end, and now they're kind of just picking the offer they like the best. Holy fuck! I mean, that was kind of a foregone conclusion. There was that the marriage was beyond repair. So, yes, what are the what are the other offers? Do we know really? Uh, um. Well. I don't really think the Sixers make a lot of sense because what people were saying is Ben Simmons for Ben Simmons for Harden, but the Sixers have kind of spent the last two days building a team that fits well around Simmons. So I don't really, I don't really think they flip Ben Simmons at this point. I think the Nets have got to be the front runner, if only because James Harden has said that's where he wants to go. I think we will start to hear some Warriors rumors over the next couple of days, though. Okay. Uh, Jay Crowder. No way, dude. No way would he be a warrior. I don't know. I he think would be, he would be. He would get like. He his contract would be like, ten years, one point five billion dollars, dude. Well, I mean, how good is Clay's contract looking right now? Like I said before, I think Clay might have an argument for worst contract in the NBA. No, I'm just saying, like, if James Hart was a warrior, I don't know if I could do that. That's like that's like if Russell Wilson became the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, yeah, I, know. I don't know how I would feel about that. It would be weird. For oh, sure. gosh. He might be your best chance at winning another one with Steph, though. So. Dude, him and Steph playing together, that would be so weird. I can just see he he'll look good in a Nets uniform. Yeah, I want I I'm with you. I want him to go to Brooklyn. I can't picture him in a Golden State uniform. I can't see that. <laughs> not, <laughs> not even dude. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah. Um, Jay Crowder. I thought he was gonna get moved, but who? Who's left there? Who 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 are his options? <laughs> well, I have him going. To none other than the Portland. Don't say it! Don't say it! Dude, you know I can't handle that, dude. I think. Can we afford him? Oh, yeah. I think that he will be open to bringing him back on a lucrative one year deal, similar to what I proposed for Goran Dragic. But the Blazers, what they have to offer is years, not dollars. Like, the Heat aren't going to sign Dragic to anything longer than one year. The Blazers can give him four years. Let's and, do it, man. And Crowder's getting older. This might be his last chance at a big offer. I think Dude. he signs with Portland four years, $40 million. Maybe mm. they are able to throw in a team off <laughs> for the final year because he's getting a little bit up there. But I think the reason this really makes sense for the Blazers is we just traded for Robert Covington, who's one of the best defenders at his position in the entire NBA. But Robert Covington, really, where he excels is he's such an elite, like, help side, um, weak side rim protector, kind of rotates over, gets his handle on the ball, makes blocks, just super smart defender. Where he kind of is lacking is he's not really that one-on-one guy. LeBron stopping ability. Yeah, he's not like a one-on-one defender that could lock up like a LeBron James Oh, why Leonard? And nobody is, but Jay Crowder is except for Jay Crowder, baby. Yeah, Jay Crowder is a lot better at that. Robert than Robert Covington. So I think Jay Crowder would just be the perfect guy dude. to throw in on the Blazers. You know what this he is? He looks dude? like a Blazer. Oh man, if he was a Blazer, baby, let him be a Blazer. You know what this is, dude? If we sign Jay Crowder, this is what 
um, the year we added um, Baysmore and Hazonia should like was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. I had such high hopes for Baysmore. Me too, dude. Me too. And then I saw Hazonia freaking pack it on LeBron or somebody. Yeah. And I was like, oh sh. That was the last time I saw him in a highlight play. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. (laughs) Chan and here were you gonna say for Jay Crowder? Do you wanna ride on the Portland bandwagon? Freak, yeah, dude. Why would I say somebody else? Let's go, dude. He's coming to Portland. Yes. He's coming to Portland, baby. Oh man. Portland Trailblazers, baby. Just, we're a defensive team these days. We used to be. Yeah. They used to say the Portland Trailblazers can't play defense. What are they going to say now? They're going to say Robbie, Robbie Portland and Jay Crowder. That's what they're going to say. Yeah, in Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic. According to pretty much every rumor in existence, the guy we're adding with the MLE, be it Jay Crowder or Paul Millsap, is going to be another defensive-focused player. Like the Blazers are going to have an above-average defense. Couple that with Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Oh no! A top five offense. Oh no, dude, this is looking ugly for the rest of the league. Dude, listen to this. Listen to the starting five: Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Okay, who are we putting at three? Who's our starting three? It could be it could be Rodney, it could be Gary, it could be Covington, it could be whoever we sign. Yeah, whoever you freaking want, dude. You put Mel in there, you put freak or Zach Collins or uh, Nurkic, dude. Oh my, oh my, uh, it's disgusting. Holy crap. Let's do this is <laughs> Rip City, baby! Dude, let's go. We're actually looking nice, baby. This would be clear, Jay Crowd is not on the team yet. Oh, that's what some people like to say. <laughs> all right so That's i guess city mate we've got to move on to his heat teammate Derek jones jr and he's coming to portland too that's what they don't realize we're bringing them all you can't sign everybody man. yes he can dude <laughs> i actually have warriors get any of these guys probably not <laughs> they're um, gonna have to pay a lot no. more for them yeah, I, I had Derek going to the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, fine. I don't know if this is something the Mavericks are going to do. I don't know how much they still value that 21 cap space. But Derek just fits so beautifully in their system. Like, I think Luka Doncic is at his best when he can play with the high hands rim running guy. And with Dwight Powell suffering that horrible injury last season, we likely won't be able to see him for all of this year. And I think Derek Jones Jr. can sort of be that guy. He's one of the highest flyers in the NBA. And I just think he can add another element to this Mavericks offense. Even though he's not a great shooter, I think he can contribute in a lot of other areas that are going to be extremely valuable. And the, something the Mavericks lacked last year is something I said the Blazers lacked too. They just didn't have that forward, that wing player who could guard the better forwards and wings in the NBA. And that will definitely Eric Jones. He may be a little bit foul prone, but as he gets older, that will only get better. So I have him going to Dallas three years, $25 million. Maybe they put in a player option to make it a little bit more appetizing for Derek. Cause I imagine he might get a few more dollars elsewhere, but I just think the fit from a basketball standpoint is so beautiful in Dallas. Yeah. I think that's a great fit. I'm with that. The next guy, Danilo Gallinari, another person the Mavs have been linked to. Blazer. <laughs> nah, keep him. Keep him in OKC. Nah, keep him out of Portland. Um, who has he been linked to? The Mavericks and the Hawks so far. Hmm. Hmm. 
Hmm. I, I'd say he'd go to the Mavericks before he went to the Hawks. Yeah, I think the Mavericks. Uh, would, I, I think I think the Mavericks makes sense, but I just think the Hawks will kind of give him an offer he can't refuse. I think like the Hawks have just got money burning a hole in their pocket. Forty-four million this offseason. That's more than any other team Jesus. in the NBA has. They've got to spend it on somebody. I would kind of caution against them spending it on an older gentleman like Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Gentleman. But he will be a good basketball fit as long as he can stay healthy and not regress in the later stages of his career. Probably a short deal with a lot of money. Two years, $40 million with a team option. Next year, I imagine, will be their last year as a big offseason spender because in the summer of 2022, Trey Young's going to become properly paid. And so I... I would guess that the Hawks want to maintain some semblance of flexibility going into next offseason, and that's why they get that team option. But $20 million this year, I just think that that's going to be too much for Gala to pass up on. Word. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Um, is Marcus Morris, which team does he play for? The Clippers. Okay, yeah, he's staying there. Yep, I've got him going back to the Clippers, too. Another situation where they can't replace him. Steve Ballmer will just spend as much money as it takes to keep this Clippers team on. Well, not keep him, but take him to the top of the West. So, yeah, I have him going back. I had him two years, twenty, two years, $28 million. I had it as a declining contract, meaning I think he, they should pay him more in year one and have it go down in year two. I think a lot of NBA players are going to be able to, or I think a lot of NBA players are going to sort of push back against that sort of salary structure because of the escrow this year. I think they'll want their bigger paydays to be coming in future years. But I, I like this idea for the Clippers because if his salary goes down that way, if for some reason, which I don't expect, but if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George leave in the summer of 2021, Marcus Morris's contract looks um, smaller and a little bit more palatable if you want to get off of him. So just I for get that reason, on him. you want to get off on dude. <laughs> just get off. Steve Ballmer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So for that reason, I had it two years, twenty eight million, but with declining money into the second year. Um. Okay. So Paul Millsap has been linked to Portland, P Town. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. Kevin O'Connor. Here's my thing, dude. I would much rather have uh, Jay Crowder. Yeah, you hit it right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I if, if Jay Crowder could, is going to be a blazer, huh? Paul Millsap to me is not that different from Melo. I mean, maybe a little more skilled and like mobile, but Jonah. Yeah. What would you What would you put a percentage wise on Jay Crowder becoming a uh, coming to Portland? Hundred thirty. Huh. Ooh, that's not that good. Well, I mean, pretty much for for all of these guys, it's like... I'll fill out the other 70, so that's 100 together. When you think about there are 30 teams in the NBA, a 30% chance that he goes to one specific team. That's facts. So for the next... The next comment on his pictures right now. Yeah, was Paul Millsap. Comment on his pictures right now, dude? Yeah, but let's see, Jake. I do like Paul Millsap on the Blazers if we don't get Jay Crowder. For this example, or for this exercise, I had him going to <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks, which I think makes a ton of sense from a basketball standpoint. The Bucks, 
this is under the radar because they have made some areas or said they've made some improvements to very relevant areas that they struggled in during the playoffs, but they lost a lot of players who were important to like Eric Bledsoe, huge contributor during the regular season, George Hill, his shooting off the bench is going to um, very much be missed. Marvin Williams retiring that kind of that versatile big man. Cause I do think a very important piece, like obviously Brooke Lopez, I think is a top 10 center in the NBA, but I think it's important for the Bucks to have a versatile forward slash center type who can be a power forward when you're allowing Giannis to play minutes at the center position. And I think Paul Millsap is suited to that role because he has good instincts as a rim protector. And because he, this is very under the radar, but he was a 40% three-point shooter this past year. And so as a poly boy. Yeah. A guy who can play next to Giannis. I think he makes a lot of sense. I, my only concern would be, I don't know if the bucks are really going to be spending that aggressively I have them signing Millsap to a two-year, $13 million deal with a non-guarantee in the second year. So basically, he gets a raise on his year one salary if they decide not to bring him back in year two. I don't know if the Bucks are going to be reaching that deeply into their pocket for one particular player, but Millsap would be worth, the juice would be worth the squeeze if that's the direction they decide to go in. Don't mind me, boys, for a second. I'm going to go. I'm going to watch some Ubre highlights. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that Paul Millsap makes more sense in Milwaukee than Portland. I feel like we need a mm. a faster defender than than Millsap. Yeah. Yeah, Millsap, if yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Crowder is like the perfect fit for the Blazers. But if but if we can't get Crowder, like I think Millsap's better than a lot of the alternatives on the market, yep. but I agree with you. He's not like the yeah. perfect cannon glove fit that Crowder would be. Yeah, I agree. I would love to give Crowder a four-year deal, though. Oh, I think he'd absolutely. be a great long-term absolutely. investment for like us to steal a chip in the next four years, maybe. The next guy on the list, Paul Millsap's teammate, Jeremy Grant. Mm. Uh, yeah, so... He's good. You know what? You know what? Oh, dang, I'm kind of torn, dude. I, I I've been thinking this whole the whole offseason that he would be back in Denver. But I kind of feel like the Lakers might be able to steal him. Whoa, baby. You don't think so? I think the one guy that can guard AD would go to the Lakers. He has to he would have to take a pay cut major, right? Yo, for sure, yeah. But does he want a ring though? Cause they gave up Danny Green, you feel me? Yeah. I think we'll probably go back to Denver, realistically. I like the sleeper pick, though. Like, that's, an inter- that's an interesting team to look out for. Dude, you saw the whispers. Didn't you see LeBron talking in his ear? No. Yeah, Dude. after the game, he pulled him up the side. He said something special in his ear, and then he winked at him, slapped him on the ass. Doesn't he do that to, like, every young player on every team? No. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I did have Jeremy Grant going back to the Nuggets. I think Jeremy Grant lost a lot of his leverage this offseason when Phoenix inexplicably set fire to their cap space. But um, yeah, I think in absence of the Suns, I think the Suns probably would have made sense, but I haven't gone back to the Nuggets. The other team that I think might be in play is the Knicks because they're always in play for a power forward. (laughs) But I just think, I just think Jeremy Grant would have to be in like literally clinically insane to want to play there. 
Like he wouldn't have a major role because you imagine Top and Randall. That's just a lot of competition. Yeah, he would have to be so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Knox. I mean, he maybe, maybe they pay him a few more dollars, but I just think Denver makes sense from a basketball standpoint. Atlanta might offer him some money, but I don't really think he um, is a cure for what ails Atlanta in terms. No, of- I think if he, yeah, I feel like Denver is the best of both worlds because he's getting paid a decent amount, right? Yeah, I had him at four years, sixty-five million dollars. So. Okay, yeah. And Denver's Denver's a contender, dude. Realistically, yeah, I agree. I one hundred percent agree. Why? Why the hell is? Why the hell is Kelly Oubre like the same as D'Angelo Russell? Oh, he's like not. what? Like what? when I'm watching them play after seeing what like what, what? D'Angelo did, like I, they look the same. They look the same. That's bad, Cab. They not- look the same. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> blasphemy. Nobody looks the same as Kelly Oubre. Yeah, that's facts. They remind me, they're like, dude, you should have seen when me and Jonah went to the pregame, dude. There's Kelly Ubre shooting threes. Yeah. Probably a row of 15 to 20 girls down at the front row, just screaming at him. He's just canning shot after shot, just screaming at him. Kelly, Kelly. Later, wait, in the game, really? Girls are nowhere to be found. Where did they yeah. go? And just to look at wait, Kelly. Wait, what? His, I'm his just so confused. His trainer point, his coach pointed at the sign I was holding and they, and they laughed at it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I have the video. Who's better, D'Angelo or Kelly? I mean, D'Lo in a vacuum is the better player, but I think there are a lot of teams. Dude, yeah, Kelly's an Kelly's a warrior, dude. I he just I can just see it. Like he's gonna be savage. He's gonna be savage. I he's gonna be big. I can just feel it. He's got a nice jumper, dude. Yeah, what I, I like it was. I don't think he was too far above league average, though. If anything, yeah, who Kelly? He's like, yeah, a, he was, wasn't he like 35? Yeah, so like just that. slightly below. Like, he's a streaky shooter for sure. Yeah, um, we saw that in Portland. Yeah, he was he went off on us a little bit. But, um, the next guy I had on the list is somebody who I think will be very not overpaid. Mm. I think people are going to be shocked at how much money this guy gets paid in the off season. And that's Davis Bertans. Who even is that dude? Uh, he's one of the best shooting forwards in the league. He played for the wizards. He got traded there from the Spurs last off season. as part of one of the, um, just most dirty poker off season maneuvers I've ever seen, but does he have red hair? Um, he might. It's kind of I don't know. It's like yeah, okay, long. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that dude's got a strap on him. Yeah, and I think he goes back to Washington. I think he makes a lot of sense in Atlanta, but I just feel like Washington's so motivated to keep him because he's yep. a fan favorite, a great developmental story for their team. Teams always like to hang on to guys who broke out while they were on their system, and in this exercise, I already had. Danilo Gallinari moving on to the Atlanta Hawks, and it just doesn't make sense to take Gallo and Bertans in the same offseason for a pretty similar price. If I had to pick between one or the other, if I was in the Hawks' shoes, I would go with Davis Bertans just because I think he's a little younger. He's a little bit more versatile as an off-ball player. On-ball, I think Gallinari has a a lot more to offer than Bertans does. But Troy Young is such a heliocentric player that I don't know how much value that provides in the specific context of the Hawks' offense. As an on-ball defender, 
I think Gallinari might be slightly better than Davis Bertans right now. I don't know how much that'll change going forward as Bertans gets a little bit older into his prime and Gallinari sort of phases out of his prime. Overall, like, like I said, um, like, um, to make a long story short, like I would go with Bertans if I were the Hawks. But in this case, I have him going to the Wizards for four years, $62 million. Yeah, I think um, I think Atlanta's going to pursue a bigger name, whether yeah. or not that's the right choice. Yeah, I agree. They are kind of going big game hunting, wanting to get like a Gallo or a Hayward or somebody who's like very established in the NBA. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Kelly Oubre. Okay, so Waka Flocka, Sergi Baca. Yeah, so this was a one I struggled with. I think there's a good chance he signs a lucrative one-year deal with Toronto. We could even see that get into the range of 18 or $19 million. Some people who I, um, like some NBA analysts who I really respect, like there have been some whispers of him going to the Phoenix Suns. I think now that the Suns have mm. selected Jalen Smith with the 10th overall pick that no longer yeah. since. So I have, this is total speculation on my part. I have Serge Ibaka going to the New Orleans Pelicans to play with. Zion I see Williams. that 100%. Be, yeah, he, yeah. he reminds me of what's that one guy's name? Actually, I'm not even going to say it because I'll get made fun of. LeBron James? No. Who's that one guy? Oh, God. He's on the Pelicans. Oh, man. I'm forgetting. His... Jonah, help me out here. Solomon Hill? Nope. Etuan Moore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sergi Baca? I don't know why I said don't that. Don't do him dirty like that, man. <laughs> that... Sergi Baca's a good player. Yeah, he is. And I know I've said this a million times on the show. Zion Williamson's a guy you've got to pair next to a center who can both protect the rim and shoot the three because Zion can do neither of those things. Serge Ibaka is the epitome of that archetype of player. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. just a perfect fit. Send him to New Orleans. He's, a, he's getting up there in age. I think New Orleans offers him three years, $30 million. This is the last long this is probably the last long-term high dollar contract he'll receive in his career. So I think that'll be enough to lure him away from the Raptors. Yeah. He got himself. Okay. <laughs> Etoan and Serge kind of look alike, like facially, <laughs> not height wise. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Montrezl Harrell. <laughs> I'm going to the Charlotte Hornets. Ah. Oh, that's right. I about that. Yeah. Send them. His hometown team, Charlotte, I think that's his hometown team. I'm pretty sure he's from that area. Charlotte has a lot of money this offseason, and I think they'll go after Montrez. Um, he's a he's a, one of the best – well, not one of the best, but he's a high-energy screen setter, sets good screens, rim runner. And I think the Hornets have really been kind of yearning for a player who fits that skill set because they have guards like Terry Rozier – Devonte Graham, obviously. Now you throw in Lamelo Ball, and I don't think Cody Zeller's the um, big man that they want to use to maximize the talents of those guards. And I think no. Harrell will um, will be a lot more um, have a lot more like pop, a lot more juice in the pick and roll. So yeah, I think he makes sense for him. Yeah, I think that's a perfect fit. I think the uh, Clippers let him walk 
partly just because of how awful he was in the playoffs. Like, he was a big reason of why they lost that Nuggets series. And then um, in this example, I have him four years, $56 million to the Hornets, 14 million years, just a lot, just a lot of money to pay your backup center. I imagine Zubox is going to start for him. And so yeah. I, think, I think they'll go bargain hunting for maybe like a Tristan Thompson, a Hassan Whiteside, Mason Plumley. I, I just don't, I think Harold's Habibi. Mm. <laughs> that sounds good. God. But yeah, I, think, I agree with that mantra. Yeah. Jonah and Shannon, I want, I have never been more excited for an NBA basketball season than this year, just because of you guys and how much we've been talking about it. That's cool. <laughs> That's good. I'm excited for it to start too. Yeah, Is I'm excited for us to have like actual basketball games to talk about again too. So that will be awesome. Yeah, we should, we honestly, um, we should pick like before, I don't know, like whenever we do them, maybe like if we do it early in the week, we should pick games that stand out to us that are like within that week, you know? Okay. Yeah. Dude, that would be, that's a good idea. Just do like short episodes of like a game of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's what I think I'm going to start doing with the NFL ones. We're just going to pick a few. And talk about those because it takes a long time to talk about every every game. Yeah, I mean it's worth it though. I always think those ones are some of our best episodes. Yeah, they're so funny. There's yeah. so, Jared Johansson. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's two completely different vibes. I feel like in the NFL one, it's just kind of like more the vibes of just kind of friends talking and just sort of goofing off. And then I mm-hmm. feel like the NBA ones are like more structured a little bit, but hundred oh, percent you're yeah. You, you know, yeah, you definitely bring an element of structure. Ours is just so loose and it ends up going off in like a tangent that doesn't like pertain to anything. I think it's cool though. Yeah. It's fun. But I, we just have two more guys left that I wanted to get to. Yeah. 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 The first one was Christian Wood. Um, you guys, might be have noticed at this point the um absence of the new york knicks and this is where they are going to get themselves involved to the tune of a three-year 60 million dollar contract to christian wood he's a power forward (laughs) that's enough said (laughs) but all all jokes aside um He's a younger prospect, one of the very few young quality players who's hitting free agency this year. The Knicks don't really have much of a shot with anybody else aside from maybe Gordon Hayward. I don't think Gordon Hayward will go to New York at the end of the day. So I think Christian Wood will be their best available option. 6'10 has shown flashes as a rim protector, although I don't necessarily see it myself for him on that end of the floor. But he does space the floor on offense. If there's one thing where he's a significant value add, it's as a three-point shooter from the center position. Oh, and I should have said that too. Like He considers himself a power forward. I bet the Knicks would. I think Christian Wood's more of a center, but um, I that'll sort itself out. Um, but yeah, three years, 60 mil. I think because they're overpaying him by such a significant margin, I did have the third year as a team option. Pretty much the analog here is what the Knicks gave Julius Randle last offseason, three years, pretty much, a th- as they say, a three minus one because the third year is most likely going to get declined. Word. And the last guy Hassan... who was on my list, Hassan, Hassan Whiteside. Hassan. 
I don't think he wants to play in Portland anymore. Yeah, I liked him in Portland. He was good. I don't think so either. I think Hassan Whiteside is a good player in a few key areas, some of which are going to be um, marginal upgrades for certain teams who I'm going to talk about. But I don't think he's ever taken well to playing behind another center, which nah. is what he's forced to do in Portland with Yusuf Nurkic and hopefully Zach Collins. Hopefully Zach Collins mm. is another guy in our season. <laughs> but yeah, I think Hassan's going to move on to greener pastures. I have him signing a two-year, $12 million contract with the Washington Wizards. I think that that team was just so pitiful defensively this year. And Thomas Bryant, um, for what he does well, offensive rebounding, sort of being that, um, yeah, just that rebounding, kind of got has soft touch in the post. You hope he can extend it to three-point range. He hasn't yet, but that's kind of the theory with Thomas Bryant but just a teddy bear in the paint just kind of lets people score on him constantly. Hassan Whiteside, for all the shortcomings he has as sort of a a defender in high leverage situations, he'll be able to at least block some shots and be an intimidator at the rim, which is something the Wizards have lacked for a couple seasons. When is John Wall playing again? As soon as the season starts, he's ready to go. Let's go! Yeah, I think he'll play well with John Wall. Yeah, and so yeah, Hassan to the Wizards, two years, twelve million dollars. Yeah, makes sense. Any other teams you thought of? Uh, well, he could go back to the Blazers as one. I also thought of the Clippers because I think the Clippers are going to be mm, in the market because yeah. I think there's a solid chance Hero leaves. Um. Sure. So, how much are we paying him in P Town? Playing him or paying him? Paying him. Oh, we can pay him up to the max because we have his full bird rights. In reality, I think if he stays in Portland, anything between like three and seven million dollars a year. So what is okay? So what does letting go of him mean for us? More room for Jay. Yeah, I mean it means that you. Anybody else? (laughs) So greedy, dude. You have somebody in mind? No. Um. (laughs) I have, I have said on the podcast before two mixed reactions from you two that I think Alex Lynn makes sense as a center in Portland. Who? Alex Lynn. I don't know who that is. He was on the Kings this year and he was on, well, he was on the Hawks at the start of the year, but then he was traded to the Kings with Jabari Parker as part of that. Dwayne. Why do I recognize him? I don't want him. I don't want a no name player. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, so- I can't do it anymore. Don't give me another tall over. Do you guys, before we go, are there any free agents you guys want to touch? Yeah, I search Alex Lynn and I get British racing driver. Oh, really? Oh, I remember this cat. Are you spelling it L-E-N? No, I'm spelling it L-Y-N-N. It's L-E-N. Yeah, so I guess I forgot to include him on the list, probably because he's not one of the best free agents in the class. Oh, and oh, this guy. He looks like a blazer, dude. Yeah, I don't say that. I would Jesus, be how many players do you want? He does. He does look like the players. I would be remiss if I didn't mention like Brandon Ingram. He's going back to the Pels. Anthony Davis going back to the Lakers. Some of the better free agents in this class. I I didn't forget to include him. I just didn't include him because it's like fairly obvious. Like it's sort of faded completely that AD is going to be in a Laker uniform next year. Carmelo Anthony. Uh, he's going back to P Town. I agree. I I really hope so. 
Rodney Hood. I really hope he comes back to P-Town. Unless I just worry he wants to try to. I I, wor- I worry that he thinks we're not going to win, and he wants to go somewhere that he thinks he can win. No, he's going to come back to Portland. Really? Yeah. Um, of the group of the group, Hassan Whiteside, Carmelo Anthony, Rodney Hood. I have the most confidence Rodney's going to be back with the Blazers next year. He's said in interviews ever since his injury that he's going to be back in Portland, and he's. He said too that he, he's, he said as well that he oh my God. he might he might decline that player option, which is what he eventually went on to do yesterday, or was it the day before? It might have been the day before that he declined his mm-hmm. player option, but that doesn't mean he won't resign. I think after the Achilles injury, he just wants maybe more long term security than what an expiring yeah. contract would bring him. So Dude. maybe like three years, twelve million to the Blazers. Dude, we're going to be disgusting. Listen to this. Okay, let's say we start Dame, CJ, Rodney, Covington, Nurkic. Okay, who's on the bench? I'll tell you who's on the bench. Gary Trent Jr., Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Simons. Who else am I forgetting? Collins. Oh, yeah, I didn't even say Zach Collins, bro. Dude, that's all. What the fuck else do you mean, bro? Have you, have you said Jay Crowder yet? No, I haven't. And then you have Jay Crowder. And then guess who's out of the picture? Mario Hazonia. He doesn't even have to see the court. He can sit. In, he can. He can sit in the furthest at the end of the bench, or he can stand in the tunnel to watch the game. What? What about the only NBA player from Washington State who's going to see the court next season? CJ Ellaby. <laughs> He'll, he'll he'll be lucky to see the court with his eyes. I know. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think he gets much playing time for. He probably he'll probably get a few minutes at the end of a couple blowouts, like Gary Trent Jr. did in his rookie season. But yeah, CJ Alvey mm. will not be a part of the Blazers rotation. Yeah, like I when the about, Warriors come to Portland, it's always just this, 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 this disgusting. I forgot about your boy Nasir Little. He's capable. He's a capable guy, dude. I put him given in there. Get some what happened to Wenyan? He's a free agent, restricted free agent. Forgot about him too. Yeah, dude. I think I think the Blazers can make some noise. I can't wait. I can't wait till after free agency next week when we can get into our season preview NBA podcasts and actually make some predictions for these teams. When we can like publicly confirm the Jay Crowder thing, like you know. Okay, if we if we sign Jay Crowder tomorrow, we're gonna do an emergency podcast <laughs> tomorrow night. A ten minute Blazer celebration. Yes. <laughs> we'll log in and Jonah has one of those little what do you call those little party things? You're like <laughs> yeah. the party hat on. <laughs> but yeah. Bro, we're gonna have he- hella time stamps for this one, bro. I'm gonna be I'm gonna go through hardcore tomorrow and just mark up as much as possible. I think this was a quality episode. Yeah, it's in it's action packed. Yeah, yeah. This it turned a into a bla- it turned into a Warriors episode for like the first thirty minutes, though. Well, I mean that's a that's a kind of the big story in the NBA. Yeah, right that's R.I.P. Clay Thompson, R.I.P. Kobe Bryant, R.I.P. Twenty Four. You feel yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a good thing to end it on. Thank you guys for coming on, Jonah. Yeah, thank you. Yes, sir. Are you down for the NFL one at like eight tomorrow? Oh yeah. Yeah, I think so. Let's go. All right. My brothers. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Also, congrats, Shannon, on dropping yet another banger. Appreciate it, my brothers. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. See you guys. Uh